Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello and welcome back to the Cinestream Club. We took a couple of weeks off there. I hope you didn't miss us too much, but we are back and as promised, we are going to tackle Independence Day. So look, I can hear Ed and Dre. They're knocking on the door. They want to come in here. Let's open up the Zoom room. Edwin Salmon and Dre in the faculty. <laughs> <laughs> that's your as your Irish pronunciation. Welcome to the Zoom room. It's hey Trev. Hey, it's Zoom. Us. You know what time of year it is? It's time to watch Independence Day, Fourth of July, yeah. baby. So it's only a hop, skip, and a jump away. It's time to talk all things Bill Pullman, Will Smith, and Jeffrey G. In possibly one of the greatest disaster movies of all time. Are we ready to unpack this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Independence Day. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Look, we always start with what does the film mean to you? What does it mean to your childhood version of yourself? I'll go first. I always do. I think about this film is, and actually I have zero notes written for this topic because it's... It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart, ingrained in the brain, and I'm now just vibing it out of my lips. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm a podcast pro these days, you know. Uh, I do at least two podcasts a month, so I got this. <laughs> I got this down to a T now. Um, when I went to see Independence Day, it was the first film that I actually felt like I was, you know, in the middle of a proper collaborative um experience with 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 the fellow people in the cinema it was a packed house it was a summer uh, it was a summer's day I went with my family and every laugh every explosion it was just I just it's my earliest memory of being in the cinema of like just hearing oohs and ahs and <laughs> and Paul McGraw wasn't even anywhere to be seen and um <laughs> and maybe maybe he was in the back enjoying it as well yeah him and Cantona down the back and but at the end of the film just like just like you would when you land in Alicante everyone in the room applauded um when the when the when the rocket hit the ship when the when the the when the barrier uh defense field was um infiltrated with Jeff Goldblum's virus and Je- and Pullman's rocket infiltrated and and exploded on the on the on the ship the whole cinema erupted with applause 
And then when at the end, when like there was like the montage of all the the parts, the, all the all the ships that had crashed to the ground around the world, and all the different nationalities cheering, the cinema was like in rapturous applause, like so like, too much. So it was it was. But as a kid, it just it, was, it felt great, and it was a real kind of experience. And I, I always I went to see it in UCI Kulak. Um, and shout way, out! Hey, shout out to UCI Kulak. And then on the, the way, the City out, Stream but, Club is not sponsored by <laughs> UCI Kulak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although they do, they do have lovely buttery popcorn. If you're going to, it's one of the few cinemas that they just don't care. That they don't give a fuck about their carpets. So they're the only cinema that really that, that keeps buttering the popcorn. Yeah, that, result, that's that's written on the outside in in, in lights above <laughs> all the movie names. We don't give a fuck about our popcorn. We don't give a fuck our about carpets. Our, our carpets. <laughs> we do give a fuck about our popcorn. <laughs> yeah, and and please don't let uh, this hot popcorn near near children or babies' faces because it might burn them. Um, but yeah, that, that's my memory of Independence Day. And and I bought the video and oh and the video. Uh, that I that I bought when I was a kid, or my parents probably bought it for me. It had like a hologram in the front. Oh so yeah, when, I remember that. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. So like it was the White House, and when you turned to the left, the White House exploded, and, yeah. and that was pretty cool. Hey, that's in that's inbound marketing one hundred and one right there. Yeah. It sucked me in. Um, so yeah, I um, I I'm very excited to talk about this film. <laughs> 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 to, to the point where, like, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of I'm aware of how it was received. I'm aware of uh, Emmerich's legacy and, and what he's done to cinema and what he did during the '90s to cinema. But irrespective of that, um, it, it it does have a special place in my heart. Uh, it, it evokes fond memories. I've seen it with lots of friends. I've seen it with Paula. I've, I, I will show it. To, actually, I did show it to, to Dylan. And what? I had I had to tell him all the aliens were dinosaurs because he loves dinosaurs. And that's a way of kind of getting getting to show him scary things. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the fucked up dinosaurs, son. Yeah, it's just a, that's just a dinosaur with his talon around somebody's neck, speaking to him telepathically. That's that's okay. That's what dinosaurs did when they were in the Jurassic. Um, but we don't but know. Yeah. It was so long ago. We don't know. We, we only take paleontologists' word for it. They they could have been psychically controlling data from Star Trek. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They could have had shopping centres, and they could they they could have went to the cinema. They could have went to see their very own Independence Day, playing um, playing tiny pianos. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's 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 my memories of Independence Day. Um, Ed, I'll start with you. What are, what are your memories? What does it bring, where does it bring you back when you're watching this? Well, spoiler alert, listeners. I think Trev's going to put this one square in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, again, being the elder statesman of this podcast, um, I just come off my first marriage and <laughs> I needed cheering up. No, I I think I around this time I would have done, I, I think I was doing my leaving cert for the second time. Um, yeah. I was repeating my leaving and this would have been at the height of, so I would have been like, you know, 16, 17. I would have been 16 going on 17 or 17 going on 18. You were 16 going on 17. Oh, you Watch don't like the music, guys. Day? Uh, no, I've never seen it, so I don't know if I don't like it. Um, oh, that's going on the list. That's going in the vault. We don't even need to have a podcast on it. I don't even need to watch it. It's just it's going straight in there. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah. Uh, I, be- I believe it's about singing Nazis. No, I I went to see... I went to see Independence Day where I would have seen a lot of movies in the 90s in Tullamore Cinema. Uh, again, not a sponsor of the podcast. So 
this would have been around my kind of Empire Magazine phase, where I would buy Empire Magazine, read it once a month, and then I would know everything about movies. Because this, <laughs> this was just... Yeah, yeah. I think this was just when the internet was beginning, but it was just like six men six, talking yeah. about Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> and their, yeah. their theories of, you know, there was no conspiracy theories or anything like that. So I do remember there was an empire that had... Uh, they had these like summer preview sections mm, and yeah. I think Independence Day was like on the first or second page of the summer preview section. And then when it came, when it came out, they had it on the, on the front of the magazine with better than Star Wars. Oh, I remember that. And I was like a big Star Wars fan. I kind of still yeah. am, even though they've tried to beat it out of me with poor movies. Um, <laughs> But I was kind of like, oh, really? We'll see about this. And I, rem- yeah. I remember going to see it. It was a big pack cinema, but we like th- there wasn't like a collective orgasm at the at the end of the movie and applause and whatever. I, I remember just in- enjoying it and just kind of going, that was like a really good. It kind of reminded me of like a really good B movie, in the same yeah. way that like in- like Indiana Jones was just a. Uh, uh, a big budget B movie, action adventure movie done well. This was like a yeah. big budget fifties silly sci fi movie done done well. Um and but I did get the kind of War of the Worlds Yeah uh uh kind of rip off of it. And yeah, that's yeah. I hadn't actually seen the the fifties War of the Worlds, but I, Empire gave away a free uh cassette tape. <laughs> which was the Orson Welles 1938 Mercury Theatre War of the Worlds uh, radio drama that yeah. made America want to shoot the sky with all of its guns and was a big panic. So I knew the kind of, I'd listened to that and thought it was brilliant. And so I knew the kind of plot of it. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, they're just kind of ripping off, off War of the Worlds. They're ripping off a lot of things. But I thought, yeah. like, I was, yeah. I, was, I was pretty entertained and re-watching it I was still entertained by it, but 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 my, yeah. but my memories are of just kind of going to see it, enjoying it, not thinking it was fantastic or anything, but just thinking it was pretty, yeah, pretty good, well made, uh, kind of sci fi disaster movie. Not thinking yeah. it was fantastic. That sounds like it's not going in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> Dre's drawn up some early scorecards here. Round one. It looks like it's a one. The judges have scored one zero. Let's see when we get to the. The back alley Oscars, what the scoring will be. But just on that point, it's a good shout because there's a lot of references. There's a lot of um, nods to other movies like War of the Worlds and Star Wars throughout the whole movie. But when I saw it, I was 10. So yeah. I was still kind of impressionable. And I, I I I just didn't see the components of the cake. I just saw the big cake that I and I ate it. <laughs> so it yeah. was just like... And now I'm aware of all the references and the ripping off. But like that initial impact that it had on me as a kid I just can't remove that it's still resonating with me even though I'm aware since then when you unpack it yeah it it is a big ripoff and it is just a big B movie um but yeah that's all good good points though Ed and what about what about you Dre um where does it bring you back to It, it brings me back to the 9th of August 1996 (laughs) <laughs> now, this day, I, I think, is very special. And it's very special to Ireland because 
It was released everywhere else in the world on the 3rd of July. Obviously, in <laughs> hype of yeah. the 4th yeah. of July. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, why Why was it released in August in Ireland? Was, just, was it probably to do with, like, rating or censorship or whatever? But um, I was seven, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I remember seeing it in the cinema with my mom. And I think, like, one or two of my friends were with, with us. And... Um, you know, films with aliens in them terrified me as a kid, but I loved them. And I had nightmares for most of my childhood about the end of the world and recurring <laughs> zombie nightmares that I still have to this day. <laughs> so I did a I did a review from Memory Alone, if, you, oh, if you'd you, like. Now and again, folks, we get the privilege and the honor of listening to one of Andre's reviews from Memory. Reviews so. from Memory. It's Andrea's Reviews from Memory. Here we go. Now, something that I always remember was at the beginning of the film, because I used to be obsessed with the moon landing, right? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won a space quiz in, in school around this time. So I remember the, the opening very vividly. A and space quiz. <laughs> it was a space quiz. I got 100%. And um, I, I won. God, I think I I got a letter from somebody in NASA. But I I now know that my teacher just printed off something to make it look like. But at the time, it was official NASA documentation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was obsessed with uh, space and stuff at the time. So uh, the um, the men landing on the moon. At the in the opening sequence, <laughs> the the men, <laughs> I, I remember that. So, basically, from remembering that alone, okay. So America landed on the moon in the sixties, and the moon, <laughs> the moon belongs to the aliens, and now. It's 1996, and they yeah. want payback. That's for me. The, the 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 putting of that scene at the start of the film it really frames it like it's revenge for putting the flag on the moon. Yeah, uh, you know. So, so you're referencing like the, the Hobbit version of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, it's like what's the backstory here? There's a whole other movie that I haven't. <laughs> so, Kate Blanchett comes in and narrates the <laughs> aliens free life. Yeah, so, yeah. There were seven astronauts <laughs> were given seven helmets. <laughs> um, America landed on the moon, and the moon belongs to aliens. They want payback. Aliens make contact with Earth. Earth thinks they're friendly. They have a welcome party. They dance on the roofs of um, well-known buildings in America. Yeah. But the aliens explode and kill everyone except for Will Smith. <laughs> um, and then from from memory, I could easily convince myself that this could simply be a prequel to I Am Legend. He got the dog from his girlfriend's son. So that would explain that. Discuss. Fair shout. Yeah, <laughs> mic drop. Uh, <laughs> That's an yeah. old dog. Yeah, uh, Do you know what? You you could blend the scene of like when the explosions happen and when the wife runs into that like little utility closet in the in the tunnel <laughs> and the, where they keep the mops. Know, 
Where, yeah, it's like she, they're in the port tunnel and like she looks behind her and she sees an explosion. She has time. Like, I'm pre- I don't know how fast like um, nuclear explosions move, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty fast and faster than it would take like to get out of a car, get your son, grab a few hats, run about 100 yards into a broom yeah. closet and then and then call your dog to follow you. Um, but when that scene goes dark and then it cuts to the next day, it could just wake up with like Will Smith in his house in New York, walking around, yeah. thinking, you, know, <laughs> you yeah. know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. look, with it, with his dog or whatever. So, well, the, yeah. the, the dog, um, it's funny because that was probably the most emotive part of the film for me. Um, when when it seemed like the dog wasn't going to make it, I felt sad. But then the dog yeah. did make it and it was fine. Yeah. It's funny, other people had been exploded and killed multiple times already. Um, yeah. But the, but mm. somebody goes to hurt a dog. Um, maybe it's because they, their love is unconditional and they'll never leave willingly. True. And I just hate, I hate seeing dogs like just need to see killed in films. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For, the, for for the purpose of a film. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember back in the old days when um, there was no animal welfare in films, like um, all those westerns where they'd just be pulling horses down, kill it, yeah, yeah. Pu- pulling yeah. them down for fight scenes and chases, and they just yeah. if the horse would get killed, if the horse would die or be injured, they they'd just get shot, and they bring in the new horses. It was sh- <laughs> oh, shocking. Horses yeah. were ten a penny back then. Yep. You get ten horses for a penny. Um, I do. I do like when the dog when the dog avoids the explosion because yeah, they're in a tunnel and then she goes yeah. into yeah the utility room. Well, uh, no, the, 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 that that room is actually um, if uh, I know my and look, guys, I know my tunnels because uh, <laughs> my brothers are engineers and he's a huge tunnel guy a huge tunnel guys one of them is a is a civil engineer he actually works on designing of these roads and stuff so uh mm. when you go into those tunnels Does... the, those doors they just lead into the other side of the tunnel where the traffic is going the other way just oh, if you're ever okay. stuck it the, the... so we're talking like he knows tunnels like uh, tommy lee jones knows tunnels in the future he's got the US marshals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows how to like navigate his way around uh yeah. Uh, pipe work. Yeah. It's it's handy how the explosion just goes forward and doesn't go sideways. The dog yeah. jumps and it, it like there's no fire like it doesn't spill into the gap where she's yeah, gone. Yeah, it's not like backdraft. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a, it's but then again it is an alien uh you know exp- It's an explosion. alien fire. Yeah, it's an alien yeah. fire so it's unpredictable. Yeah. Need, and it's also need... very it's a very convenient explosion when when the aeroplane is taken off when Air Force 1 is taken off. Oh yeah. That the, the the explosion kind of just surrounds the plane, almost kind of helps it take off. It's like, yeah. you know... Um, gives it an extra push. It gives it an extra push, yeah. yeah. When I was in the cinema, I remember seeing Michael Collins written on the plaque and wondering, what's that about? Who's he now? Mm. Is he, cause, you know, because I was 10 and I'm like, I, I, I didn't yeah. fully know that that was a guy like that. That was the third... Act, the, what do they call him? The loneliest man in the world or whatever? The guy who had to yeah. like stay in the little in the little hub. Uh, as yeah. he nav- as he you mind drove. the ship we're gonna do big stuff on the telly <laughs> yeah 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 and then he got shot in the head on the way back by a by a sniper um a bell and blast. yeah <laughs> yeah just yeah. are trying to kill me <laughs> i didn't come back from space for this shite <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. michael collins yeah. passed away not too long ago like uh a month ago or something like that the oh. space michael collins 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not, he not only the died there recently. Revolutionary. Yeah, 80 or 90 something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a, tr- a true gent, apparently. Um, all, the, all the space guys mm. spoke highly of him. Now it's just Buzz. Now it's just Buzz. Yeah. Buzz. For your consideration, guys, what are we going to submit into the Sinistream back alley Oscars? I have two things I want to say. One is is a legit one. I, it isn't like it's a well-known fact that Independence Day uses the most scale models in film history. Um, miniatures, uh, miniatures, yeah, yeah, two scale models, I suppose I should say. So, like the White House, the Chrysler Building, everything—it's—it's it's all mocked up little miniature buildings, and it's kind of at the intersection where CGI took over, and they just started CGIing all that stuff after the kind of early two thousands. So just the pure scale of Independence Day meant that it was the most scales ever used in a movie, and it's probably the most scales that ever will be used in a movie, unless somebody takes a kind of a step back and wants to kind of do a Christopher Nolan thing and just like, you know, or whatever, just take that approach. So that's a legitimate one. I think that's pretty cool. And some of the scales look a bit kind of dated, but some look pretty good, like the White House looks cool. Um, the, other, the other one is, like, and I, I actually prefaced this in my outro to the podcast last week is this the best worst portrayal of a u.s president in cinema history <laughs> is the is this the worst version of a president um in in in, in any movie i don't know like he's I, okay I, i'll make a few points mm-hmm. here he can't make a decision to save his life like he doesn't he doesn't evacuate there's there's football he's stadium sized <laughs> there's there's football sized stadium ships floating over the city and he's like he's, he's doing nothing he's paralyzed with fear he's just and like and he, whoever Connie is like is that like his, his the secretary of state or no or whoever she is whatever chief of staff or something yeah. and like he's just watched a news report where like in Russia there's people looting and burning out cars because they're it's pandemonium because of the aliens and then he walks out and he sees a similar ship floating over the White House and he just turns to his to Connie and says, can we expect the same reaction as we did in Russia? And she's like, yes, sir, absolutely, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, don't evacuate the cities. Don't panic. Stay where you are. He's a terrible president. He's, I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty casual. But, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say he's a terrible president per se. I mean, because they, kind of, they kind of blame his... Secretary of Defense, who is played by that guy who's always in, I think he's in a few Harrison Ford, um, yeah. Clear and Present Danger, those uh, Jack Ryan movies, who's like, we can't possibly do that. And yeah. he's, because there, there, there is a line at the beginning of it uh, where. Jimmy, Jimmy Rebhorn, James Rebhorn. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a line where, like, they. they they elect they elected a, a warrior, but they got a wimp or something like that because he's like a yeah. he's like a war hero. But I would say he's not the worst president. He's just the most casual president yeah. because yeah, a- aliens are invading, and he's like, hmm, all right. So what's going on? And is Russia okay? All right, all right, okay, hmm. okay. But like, yeah. and it- if 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 a five hundred mile wide alien ship hovers over the White House. They're in the bunker or they're on Air Force One straight away. The only reason they're not is so you can have that shot of them getting away just in time as the White House explodes. So he's kind of, he's a bad president by design, 
But I don't think he's the worst president. Yeah. I mean, what Trev, are his there economic is... policies? Exactly. We we don't know the whole story here. We're just we're just getting a little a little snapshot of this young president, the little yeah. president. How is he stimulating employment in America? We don't know these things. (laughs) He gives that. He gives an amazing speech, though. Yeah, he gives that amazing speech. We celebrate our employment stimulus package day, Um, but like he flies a plane at the end. In like he's the last leader world. He's one of the last world leaders standing, and he's like he probably should stick around. Like he's he's there's there's a kind of a hierarchy. He needs to sit on top of it to to keep maintaining world order. And he's like, I can, I'm a command pilot. I belong in the air. It's like, okay, so you're going to just fly into um, a big spaceship and fire, fire rockets at it. Well, I mean, yes, his, his, his only other option is complete annihilation of the human race. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, he'd be pretty cowardly if he didn't go up in the air, if he could fly. If he'd be just like, oh, maybe I'll hang down here and... I mean, I gave that big uh, inspirational speech. I don't need to fly and shoot. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more of an influencer than an actual doer. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the... So this that speech, someone has uploaded it to uh, a little website called uh, the YouTube. And I'm just looking at the comments underneath it. And uh, the third comment down is... When I was diagnosed with terminal cancer, I used to listen to this over and over just to pump me up. And today I am cancer free. I mean, that just goes to show that he, he was a great president. He cured he cancer eating, with that speech. He, he cured yeah. cancer with that speech. It's a fair shot. Like if I was going into yeah. an, get, get, get a procedure done, I definitely want to hear that speech in my ears. Like today you will join other squadron leaders around the world. So you... <laughs> I used to, as a kid, um, it was one of it was one of the monologues that I I learned off as a kid, and I would just randomly say it to friends, um, just for no reason. If, it, it, if you could use a line from it for, I know you're you're already married, Trev, but if you could take a line from that and and insert it into your wedding speech, what what line would it be? I'd grab the microphone and I'd say, "Good morning," and then I'd go beep. <laughs> Good morning. What is the point of that? What, why, what, what's the point of that line? It's like, do you want? Do they want to show he doesn't know how to use a microphone? <laughs> it's like, why did they have him say the line twice? I don't know. Because I've been a because, bit because he's unsure of himself, and then you see because he, he goes to speak into the bullhorn and it's not on, mm. and then he has a little moment where he's like collecting himself, and he's like, yeah. Right, uh, I got to deliver the best speech of all time that will one day cure some lad's cancer on YouTube. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, he's a bit, I like for me, I don't kind of, yeah, he just seems like some lad who, you know, the president died and he was, you know, and the vice president died and a lot of the chiefs of staff and he was like head of accounting in the White House. Yeah. And he just he got a bump. He just became the president. It's like, you're the president now. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 he he doesn't really like you know he's out of the loop on everything. He doesn't even know about Area Fifty One for fuck's sake. Yeah, but, that's, it's that it's that kind of stuff. There's a lot of looseness around the whole role of president, and yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he said he's just out of that loop. Um, anything for you guys as you know for your consideration for the the back alley Oscars here? Anything you want to put forward? I would say. Best continuous car pileup in New York City. <laughs> yeah. At the at the that start, and the Blues Brothers. It's yeah. just it's just it just it's just nonstop. I've never seen so many car crashes in in one film. 
you know? Yeah. And they used them, um, they used like real cars, but then they also used toy cars as well. And that that shot of the, the fire truck that kind of is spinning in yeah. the air. And then yeah, like, yeah. that, they bought that like a couple of blocks down the road this, that day. They just needed, they needed a fire truck and they didn't have a scale model. And they went to a toy shop and bought a $3 fire truck. And that's, didn't do anything to it and just used that in the shot. Wow. Um, which is kind of a... Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you, only see, you only see it for a couple of seconds. I mean, it did win... I mean, it did actually win an Oscar for best special effects, which I think yeah. was pretty. Because I mean, I think the effects really do hold up. I oh, mean, they do, yeah. I think it looks great. I think there should be an Oscar for best explosions in a film, and yeah, it definitely wins that. Also, I think it should have been nominated for best Jurassic Park ripoffs in a major motion picture because I spotted. Yeah. Um, a line? I spotted three. No, well, a, a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. When the, the big ships or are, are spaceships are rolling in over the cities, there's a shot yeah. of, it's like a puddle. It's like ripples in a puddle yeah. from the vibrations from the ship, which I was like, would a, would a five, would a ship moving very, very slowly? Like, I know it's a big ship, but it's not yeah, on it's the not, ground. It's, it's in the yeah. air. How would that make doing, puddles ripple? Steps. Yeah, where's the resonance or the, the vibrations coming off the air? Yeah, it's a good show, Ed. Maybe it's some alien thing, I don't know. But that's a, that's a Jurassic Park ripoff. Um, also, yeah, obviously, must go faster. Uh, Jeff Goldblum says must go faster. Uh, yeah. But also Jeff Goldblum, because they just went, right, we need a, we need a scientist to explain stuff. But he's got to be... An eccentric char- scientist. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be cool and charismatic and sexy. Yeah. But let's just get Jeff Goldblum he, from Jurassic he Park. He's very sexy. He he looks very handsome in this film. Yeah, but the fu- I've, the funny I've actually th- never thought that about him ever. Really? Oh, what? Well, when I when I was a kid, I didn't think he was sexy. I just thought he was a weirdo. That's because you were a kid, Dre. <laughs> I know, but that's what, like I've, I've, but, I haven't watched him in any films as a grown woman with Andrea, um, understanding you're, you're of saying, my body. If I'm to understand you. You're saying that being a weirdo and being sexy are mutually exclusive things that you can't be like a, <laughs> a sexy weirdo. Like Je- Jeff Goldblum, being weird, I think has kind of he's like the weirdest leading man, yeah, uh, in movies. Like because he's he's tall, dark, handsome. He can act, but he's just such an odd. But he chooses not to. Man, he's just an. <laughs> Yeah, because I yeah. can't really think of anything apart from the fly. I think where he is genuinely yeah. good in it, and they kind of they, they use that eccentric nature very well. And, the, the, and Jurassic the Park as well. He makes. Yeah, he makes weird choices that like only he would make. Like there's a bit in the movie where his dad Judd, Her- Judd Hirsch is like um, that whole scene where he's like, um, and I actually have it on the you know as a plot hole, but it's or. It, it's like one of those tropes where um, somebody's saying something and then the other character is like, what did you say? And yeah. they're like, you know, where he goes, come on, David, you, 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 you'll catch cold. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, catch, what did, my, cold. catch cold. What? Did, oh, my God. What did you say? It's like, oh, about faith. Oh, man, I lose. Uh, no, no. But the other thing. And it's just such a trope, that whole engagement. And, and, but, also, and also that has the trope of someone being incredibly drunk. But then sobering yeah. up immediately. Sobering up immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once. Get everyone down here. Yeah, yeah. But, but but in that scene when he goes, before he says, my dad, a total, ge- my, a total genius, 
he does this thing where he slaps his forehead and then wriggles his hand around and rubs his scalp. And it's a if you if you watch the film in that scene when he's realizing that he needs to like invent a virus and upload the virus <laughs> when that penny drops, he does this weird thing with his hand with his hand on his head. And I looked it up and there's an interview with him where they're saying, "What are you doing in that scene?" And he go and like he's saying like, "Oh well, on the set that day, I was trying to like um, physically." Um, indicate that I was thinking so I'm like what if I was wearing it what if I was wearing a thinking hat that's me adjusting my thinking hat <laughs> it's like and like Roland Emmerich is just like too concerned about like the, the fucking the spaceship has to stay floating so he's more concerned yeah. about all that shit and he's like yeah do whatever you have to do Jeff it's fine no problem and he's like you know no problem yeah you crazy man what the fuck's he talking about he's talking about thinking hats and uh, but it's those choices that he makes only Jeff Goldblum would do that. Anyone else would just deliver the line and, mm. and move on, where he's always looking for an eccentric out. Yeah. To I, take. I like how they put him in, like, genuinely. Because in Jurassic Park, he is a scientist, mm. uh, but he's dressed like Bono. K-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-
did they miss the mark a bit with the designing of the aliens they're a bit they look a bit kind of miniature or and cartoony almost um i don't know well i, I, I mean th- they are aliens so i mean i i think well, you this is probably going to be in your um uh, trev trivia but um the the designer of the aliens he does he had two designs and roland, mm. and roland emmerich was like uh we'll use both of them we'll use one for the exoskeleton and one for the actual alien design they kind of look yeah they do look like aliens i thought I, I think if they looked i mean i don't know if they look scary really but they just kind of look like the sort of big headed big oval dark eyed aliens that yeah. everyone kind of knows but i don't i i guess that's intentional in a way because yeah you know area 51 is in this movie and the same aliens landed in in area 51 and they do have that they kind of look like if the aliens from close encounters of the third kind and uh the alien e. and the aliens from alien and et all had a big orgy and that yeah. would be that would be the result but they are, yeah, they are kind of tiny, and I, I, yeah. I, I do. I was actually kind of confused as well when they were they were opening them. I, it, it's not clear that I think there is a line where it says uh, opening the the exoskeleton now or whatever. But yeah, it was and they surgically open. It's like a biological suit. But yeah. I suppose that's just David, David, and maybe they've become so far advanced that they're like like they're actually cloning alien type creatures that they can live inside or something it's like an exos you know what i mean like a yeah, biological yeah. suit or something i don't know um it's grown but yeah that was a, made yeah yeah speaking of very speaking of very 51 just to nudge in a bit of uh trev's trivia Ooh. the set for area 51 you might notice that like all, there's lots of screens and there's lots of like blue everywhere there's like blue screens like there's like windows with blue behind it. Yeah. When the president's wife is in that kind of makeshift hospital in Area 51, everything's blue. And the same for like when the professor brings them down to the lab to say, you know, uh, time to see the freak show. That's all blue as well. And Emmerich wanted to basically, he wanted to show this really, really busy, hustling, bustling Area 51. But they only had so many extras and so much time to put the set together. So he insisted on lots of blue screens everywhere so he could superimpose yeah like in in post all this like stuff happening in the background and people moving and all that kind of crack but then when he was watching the reels um he was like i i like the blue i like what this looks like it's it's nice and clinical so he just didn't he didn't bother enhancing it they're, they're, yeah. they're, green, they're blue screens it's like he just had blue screens everywhere and just went with it which is kind of cool i didn't really notice that it, to be honest with you i thought it was because i always just thought it was like they're they're underground so there's not like the, a lot of light natural yeah, light and there's not there's yeah. not a lot of people in area 51 or maybe there is i don't know but yeah i know no i never yeah. noticed that they just kind of run out run out of time and money essentially i think because I think, they, well, I think they had to shoot this movie before Mars Attacks came out. They were under the cosh for that to get that out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I had a weird oh, yeah. experience when I when I went to see that movie because I didn't really get that. I didn't find the comedy of it that funny the first time around. I don't yeah. know what I was expecting because it is so obliquely a nineteen fifties spoof alien movie. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I found parts of Independence Day kind of unintentionally funny. Oh, yeah. Because it's very tropey yeah. and it has a lot of kind of cliched stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But it is kind character, of sincere. Character in a way. serving, a, yeah, character specifically serving a very one off purpose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the character that says this thing, that's the character. And even the. Mr. Rebhorn, like who plays the Secretary of State, that Bill Pullman's character fires throughout yeah. the movie. As a kid, I hated that guy, and I'm like, oh god, he's such an asshole. What a hard... But on the rewatch, I'm like, he's not that bad. He he just says a few things here and there, but he doesn't deserve to be fired in the middle of a yeah. crisis. He's, <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's the scapegoat. He's the scapegoat. Yeah, during no, an early invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, favorite quotes. Um, I've got a couple. I've got. Well, there's one quote that it's not a fame, it's not a favorite quote, but it's a quote that me and one of my friends and Niall have used quite a lot down through the years. And there's a, there's a part of the movie when um, Randy Quaid's character is driving to like you know a, a congregation of campers where they're all you know they're all kind of in the, they're on a, a convoy I suppose. Yeah. And when they they park up in the road because his son is car sick and he's getting he's vomiting, he calls his son Miguel over. And he points at the horizon to show him all the campers that are kind of, mm. you know, all the people in the in the trailers that are out camping and stuff. But he kind of fluffs the line. So he just kind of goes, hey, Miguel, uh, look at all that. Look at all that there. <laughs> it's, such <a> really, <laughs> it's such a really bad delivery of a line. But for years, me and my friend Niall would, would constantly, anytime we're like, like when we're in Australia traveling, anytime we got to like a big monument or like a, a lovely mountain and we're getting off the tour bus, uh, I, one of us would always say, hey, Miguel, look at it. Look at all that. Look at all that. Damn, look at all that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> and nobody would ever know what we're, what we're referencing. They just think we're kind of having a stroke or something or just, you know. <laughs> but uh, so that, that's just one of my favorite quotes. But then there's a, it's one of those movies, you said it, Ed, there's a lot of like, they play things for laughs and Judd Hirsch's, but they just having him in the movie you know that like they're going to try and make him the comical character because of his old funny jewish attacks. man exactly and there's a line in it that just it's like there was a film we were watching a while ago that we we're talking about on the podcast where it's like it's like they they wrote it as a line uh, as a joke but it's not a joke but it's delivered like it's a joke and you're kind of listening going is that meant to be funny so like there's a couple of those lines that his character has one, one is when he's talking to uh, his son's ex-wife and he's saying, you know, all you need is love. And she's like, yeah, whatever. And then he goes, you know, John Lennon said that. Very smart man. Shot in the back. Very sad. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, and that's yeah. meant to be a... And then when they're walking through Area 51, Mr. President's like, how can you how can you afford all of this? And he goes, well, you don't think they're going to spend $40,000 on a hammer, $50,000 on a toilet seat, do you? And it's like... No, I don't think they they would do that. And it's like, what a smart asshole! You're talking to the president. Have some respect, <laughs> you know. So his character, even though I love his character, like he's a bit of a yeah. He's he's the trope, the the Jewish funny, yeah, yeah. comic relief guy. Which you kind of think towards the nineties, they should be kind of washing all those kind of stereotypes out of Hollywood, and it's still kind of sticking around a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think you kind of need that though in in a disaster movie you need these kind of broadly painted characters like mm. i i don't like your man who he was um he d he did the makeup for uh Mrs Doubtfire he was uh 
Mrs. Yes. Doubtfire's what's he? What was his name? Mrs. Uncle? Doubtfire's uh, Her, Harvey Firstein. Harvey yeah. Firstein. That's the actor's name. Yeah. yeah. David, haven't you been watching? Gotta yeah, call my like, housekeeper. Gotta call my mom. My mother. Yeah. Gotta call my lawyer. Actually, that's a little Trev's trivia. That line where he's like, um, I gotta call my lawyer. Oh, forget my lawyer. That line was dubbed in afterwards because they were trying to get a PG rating and the original take was, fuck oh, lawyer. fuck my lawyer. Yeah, so they, wow. they, they, they redubbed they sh- that. They should yeah. have just cut out that whole line. Because uh, that, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's a terrible line. That's, that's one of those tropes of you can make jokes about lawyers because, you know, like what, what's... What do you call a thousand lawyers chained to the bottom of the ocean? A good start. You know, that that was oh, in yeah, some movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this thing of yeah. you can you can make jokes about lawyers because they're not real people kind of kind of yeah. trope. But and he has that trope as well of the explosion is coming towards him and he's, he, you know, it shows his face. And he's just like, oh, crap. You know, that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He should have got it. He should have ran sideways because the, the, the explosion can't get him sideways. Yeah. A comic relief death. It's kind of a weird, like, let's make his death funny. Oh, it's this is going to hurt in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Death always yeah. hurts in the morning. Um, <laughs> I think, I think well, one of my favorite lines is, uh, when the White House is exploded, wherever Will Smith's gr- girlfriend is and her son, and uh, everything explodes, they they run to the side, and then they're walking around, and it's all like burned out cars and fire and people screaming, and the son just goes, "What happened, mommy?" Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> and I laughed out I loud. I laughed out loud. I don't went, know, babe. You dumb kid. <laughs> Have you not been paying attention? Fucking aliens, <laughs> yeah, explosions. Yeah, yeah. Like, what uh, happened? Yeah. I'd be like, Christ almighty, this kid needs a fucking home tutor. He, he's... Yeah, he's not he, He's not two. Like, he's he's five or six. Like, you know, yeah. he's got a bit of... Yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah. Aliens tried to kill us, you dumb shit. I know it is. And when she was driving around in the truck, picking up all the victims, like, st- yeah. there's a couple of... Like, there's a guy yeah. in a business suit in the back seat, and he's having small talk with another extra, and he says something like... Uh, you know, today is the first day I used the subway. And thank God for the metro rail. And it's like, you're, you're like a 50-year-old businessman and this is your first time ever on the subway. Like, like, have you lived life? Like, you're from New York. What's wrong with you? Like, like it's Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, it's um, New York. And, in, yeah, I forgot. and the other, um, Will Smith's wife, when he meets the president and um, they're... She, they drive to the naval base and she's looking after her and she's giving her like hot soup or something uh, or like like stewed socks or whatever they're whatever they're cooking and uh, she's like drinking it and she's like oh so what do you do and she's like oh I'm a dancer and the president's wife is like ah ballet <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. such a tight I've such lived, lived such a privileged life in my in my political yeah. you know ballet of course it must be ballet and then she's like no no exotic and then she says sorry. oh sorry what a fucking bitch don't <laughs> be know? sorry I, I earn good money I ain't good money don't be sorry sweetheart I like dolphins and dancing what are you talking about you know I like pilots dolphins and dancers um <laughs> <laughs> but like, sorry, what a yeah. So like, come on, you're the president's wife, you're the first lady. I'm sure you've gone to community centres and you've shaken shaken hands with people. You know what I mean? You know what it's like to talk to somebody. Like, yeah, yeah. So such white privilege there coming out of our mouth. With you know, I don't know if they'd 
they put that in the film now. But um, any other favorite quotes, Dre? What about you? Anything that you want to My submit here? My favorite quote comes from Best Supporting Actor Harry Connick Jr. Um, (laughs) (laughs) why the fuck is he an actor but he was uh, it's when Will Smith gets do you know what I've noticed we all do in this podcast actually is we never learn the characters names and we just constantly refer to them as the actors yeah and I I don't think I don't think I'll ever learn the names but anyway it's less confusing for the for the listeners yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why we do that. (laughs) Will Smith get gets the rejection letter, and before the in the preamble, you know the the wedding ring, uh, falls out, and uh, Harry Connick Jr. picks it up and goes, "They'll never let you fly the space shuttle if you marry a stripper." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my favorite line. His that character Dre is actually my least favorite character in the movie. He's so irritating. Yeah, you know it's like, um, have you got your cigar? I've got it right here. Yeah, it's like fuck off. Yeah. Like you, we're <laughs> going to fly. We're we're going to get into planes and fly to our potential death. And he just said he's just a noise. And then like when they're flying off to meet the aliens, and he's like, "Is everyone okay? Have we got our tray tables and everything in an upright position or whatever they're talking about?" And like. Your man, Will Smith's friend, is like, or as the good reverend would say, why are we on this particular mission? We'll never know. He's like, he, he thinks he's Robin Williams or something with the with the voices, like, but yeah. he's he, he, he's just irritating. No, that's, well, just, that's just his voice. That's, that's why, just how he that's talks. That's why he died. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's from he like died. he's he from wasn't the a good south. enough character to to have succeed. <laughs> And then the other thing, in his death scene, he, he takes off his mask and he's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Put your mask back on, I can't breathe. It's like, yeah, you can't breathe because you just took your mask off. What's wrong with you? Like, it, I, I know he's panicking because he's about to die, but yeah, I that character has always irritated me mm. um, in, in the movie. I think that's a prime candidate for uh, Tom Hanks. In a, that, in a, that, that character that in, supporting in, a, role. in a tiny little supporting role because it would have made the, his death a bit more resonant because Will Smith yeah. gets over his death in about five minutes. He 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 crashes yeah. and the alien crashes and then he's like, welcome to Earth. And he's now that's what I call a close encounter. And he's wisecracking yeah. and he's his friend has exploded. Yeah, and I have I think, Tom Hanks down as as the president, obviously. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's a good one. But that sexier. One. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Bill sexier? Bill Pullman. Yeah. Bill Pullman's a sexy man. Mm, He's one of the no, sexiest bills. No, there's something kind of. Um, what's the name of the, the actor who's in the Mighty Ducks? Emilio Estevez. Yeah, there's Emilio something. Estevez. There's something Emilio Estevezy about him, and He's, I, he's I got the like head it. flop. The head flop, the the parting about, of the hair. What about while you while you were sleeping? He's very sexy in that, and charming. No. Oh yeah. No. Just look, guys. He's just not my type. I suppose. Not my. He's type. not Tom Hanks. Because <laughs> he's not Tom Hanks. He's a fighter pilot, Dre. Come on. <laughs> Was there anything that we didn't understand about the movie? Any plot holes or poor exposition that we want to talk about? <laughs> Uh, okay, where do we start? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I asked that question. Like, was there anything that's <laughs> there any plot holes in this film? Like no. one or two, maybe. No, it all uh, made sense to me. 
<laughs> like the fir- the first thing that that really stuck out, and it, it, look, it always stood out even as a kid watching it was just the the people and the extras being so ridiculously stupid. Like, the, hmm. like the aliens are are, are, are hovering over. They're, they have a welcome party for them, and then the aliens blow up the buildings, and everyone runs. And then when the aliens like get ready to blow up a second building and, and have a second nuclear bomb land on the city, everyone stops and looks up and kind of goes. Just I wonder what they're going to do this time. And it's like, no, just keep running, keep running. You know, you know, you've seen the, you've seen the, you've seen the first film. The sequel is going to be the same. More explosions. Keep running. Um, a lot of the stuff, other stuff, I've already we've already kind of talked about it, like the punching the exoskeleton, um, and then you know why does the Secretary of State like know that Area Fifty One existed and he did? I know they they allude to like he was like in the CIA or something before the position, and that's why he knew. Um, and then, and then, look, we, we we touched on it again, but the whole like trope, or, and it's not really a plot hole, but it's kind of like that kind of poor execution of the whole. You'll catch cold. Um, what, what, what are you talking about? Oh, you mean you you mean I'll create a virus and <laughs> infect the mothership? And like how we could go from like you'll catch cold to like coding a sophisticated virus that could infect like the entire data architecture mm. of. <laughs> Of that the that the whole um, alien fucking invasion sits on top of while drunk is fucking crazy. And then also that's why he's a genius. That's why he's a genius. And then the, the other not much of like a plot hole, but like why would you do it when he's given the demo of like his how his software works and he's like, Commander, do you have a gun, a firearm? Can you fire that coke can? And then like he 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 gets him to fire the coke can knowing that there's a force field on the ship and the bullet is like zinging around the lab like surely <laughs> kill somebody like you know um so yeah well trev that show that on. show show don't tell if he was to say if you fired that gun now that would ricochet but when i diddly doodly do on my keyboard it's just cinema man it's cinema um <laughs> cinema, c- <laughs> yeah. well here here's yeah. here's um here's a plot hole when we're first introduced to Jeff Goldblum's character, uh, who we don't know the name of, and Jeff Goldblum's dad, they're playing chess. Oh, yeah. And this yeah, is a recurring... that's a nice scene. And he gives him a lovely kiss when he's saying goodbye. I thought that was lovely. Yeah. They're playing chess, right? So they know how to play chess, and they know the rules of chess. And then when Jeff figures out what, what the aliens are doing, and he says, uh, it, it, it's just like chess... First, you strategically position your pieces, then you strike. And that's not anything like yeah. chess. <laughs> yeah. You don't just yeah. move your pieces all at once and then strike. You move, they move, you move, they move. That's what fucking chess yeah. is. It's just. And you don't really strike, you just like hold a position. You know, it's a. Yeah. You, you, you arrive at a point where the. The king can't move, so it's not like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he yeah. says checkmate, yeah. and I was like, no, checkmate d- does not mean you like slam your fist down on your opponent's queen or king, and th- then it's over. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bit of a plot hole. Him knowing how to yeah, play chess, yeah. but then uh, obviously not knowing how to play chess. But that's just a thing yeah. that they did, where to show if if you're not a genius and you're Dean Devlin and you're writing the screenplay in three weeks for Independence Day, 
in order to illustrate that a character is very intelligent, you have yeah. them play chess and then they figure it out because they play chess. Because um, yeah. he has another, he has another bit where Jeff says um, he's talking about, you know, the them the the countdown clock or something. They've got some, mm, yeah. you know, and he's tapped into this countdown clock that the aliens are all court. They're using our satellites against us or whatever. Blah blah blah. And he says it's so subtle; it's been overlooked, you know. Yeah. And he's saying, except by me, I'm a genius, and of course I've figured it out. But here's another plot hole that I noticed um, when the alien ships come into Earth's orbit, they go and hover over all the major cities, you know, fucking wherever, London, Moscow, New York, Washington, uh, and also the middle of the fucking desert where there is Area 51. where all the people live. And like, you know, because at the end of the movie and they, they come back down and you see the big, you know, crash ruin, and also mm. when the when the alien uh, ships do crash, they're just going to crush everyone who's still alive in the in yeah. the city. Um, yeah, that was kind of like I guess it's just to to you know raise the stakes and raise the tension of if they don't do it, then everyone will be killed. Everyone in shot is yeah. also going to die. Even even yeah, the, even just... the area fifty one people. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. are all in an underground bunker. Bunker, would that protect them? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're buried what deep, deep within the mountain. I think they said, isn't it? Yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah. Um, but yeah, there is that thing of like, and then it's also with the president. Like, even though Dave David or Jeff Goldman's character is like super intelligent, they want to show that Bill Pullman is kind of like street smart. So street like smarts. when he's like. Where Dave is like, um, if you have a, if you have a, um, 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 a, you know, a message and you want to send it around the world, you can't go around the horizon. And like Bill Pullman is like, are you talking about line of sight? And it's just like, oh, sorry for insulting your intelligence, oh mighty one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another kind of trope where it's somebody's like mansplaining or science-splaining to somebody, and somebody's like, come on, I get this, I know what you. Hey, we all know what line of sight is, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, <laughs> like, we're not that dumb. <laughs> we're not that dumb. Anything from your Andre before we move on to the Star Wars Gunner? For plot holes, I have two, but one oh, of them yeah. uh, maybe should be in Back Alley Oscars. So there's oh. the it's a plot hole and and a worthy of an award. So the strip club that Will Smith's girlfriend works in, just uh, you have to admire their determination to to keep stripping. When the world <laughs> is yeah, yeah, yeah. be when when the world is being attacked and yeah, yeah. and her yeah, boss yeah, yeah. her boss is like you walk yeah, out yeah. that door you're not gonna be coming back in tomorrow and she's like see you later Larry yeah yeah yeah. His name is. yeah don't you watch the don't you watch the news Larry <laughs> I just dance I just dance the only news on here is dancing but um, <laughs> the world is coming to an end people need stripping more than ever <laughs> yeah 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 somehow and then my second plot <laughs> hole is from the very start of the film and you know it was a a, a nice little what do you call those little wink to the audience the the 
opening song is uh, R.E.M. It's the end of the world. The world as we, as know, we it. know it. And that was my introduction to R.E.M. as a child. I, I, I looked up, not that I, I don't know where I looked it up, but like there's no internet at my disposal. But I found out that was yeah. R.E.M. Um, maybe it was like on a fucking TV show or something that I found it out. You, you looked, you looked on I, the back of the CD for Independence Day soundtrack. I, I, I can't yeah. remember where I looked it up, but I, I went and bought an R.E.M. album then pretty soon thereafter, you know, you know within a year or two. I, I got into R.E.M. because of because of Roland Emmerich. And, it, and in that scene, they're, they're like freaking out because it's like alien contact. And one of the one mm. of the scientists working there, I wrote down, said it's it's this is it. A radio signal from another world. Yeah. And I was like, what? They're playing R.E.M. They have radios. Like, do a- yeah, aliens yeah. have radios? They're assuming yeah, such, that such radios a, exist. And radio signals, such a, such a like, like archaic technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a radio signal for uh, used by. As I suppose they were using it because they needed to transmit a signal, leveraging our satellites. Why were they leveraging our satellites? Yeah, who the fuck knows? But then, that's a bit of a plot but, hole in itself. But then that the. You know, like the 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 they landed in Area Fifty One in the desert in mm. the in the nineteen fifties, and then mm-hmm. forty years later they came back. Yeah, and that that was my only explanation for them going out to Area Fifty One that they knew that the that those aliens had land had crash landed there before, but it took them forty years to yeah. get there. I don't know. I'm sure. Then in the sequel, it takes them twenty years to get back. No I, didn't, I I I haven't seen the sequel. I actually I know it's meant to be terrible, but I kind of want to watch it now. I I, I watched it, and I can't remember anything. No, not that oh. I I watched it. I like when it maybe a year after it came out, but yeah. I on it's on it's on Disney Plus. I honestly can't remember anything about it. It's really bad. I know there's a bit where Jeff Goldblum's dad, who's still alive in it, is driving a camper van. Uh, and he's outrunning, uh, like, the the aliens have these kind of tripods, very much like War of the Worlds. So he's outrunning, okay. he's outrunning one of those somehow in the in the desert. It's, that's all I really remember from it. Is his dad still like a Jewish stereotype? Oh, like yeah, yeah, it's the like, same character. Ah, oh, oh my God, hot tamale, what's going on? Yeah. Um, Even your man is in it, uh, uh, Tom Hanks's boss in Big. Who's the who's the general <laughs> in this? Mr. President, Mr. President, I strongly recommend that you don't go and fly an airplane during. It's like he talks through his eyes or something. He's, he's, it's like his mouth. Trev, his mouth is. He's so old in it. He he, he just looks like an animatronic Madame Tussauds <laughs> version of himself. He looks like yeah. he looks like he died a minute after the movie wrapped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's in an exoskeleton of himself. <laughs> you crack him open. He's, a, he's like a, he's a little, yeah, old man, old ver- an old prune in, in the inside controlling him. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now for the really icky part. Um, <laughs> trying to cut open. Uh, is it what's his name? Fucking uh, I have it here. Is it Robert? Uh, yeah, Robert Logie. Logie yeah. yeah, we've already ticked this box. But Dre, over to you. How can you put Tom Hanks in this movie? I think you've already answered the question. You 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 want this guy to go, you know, nineteen ninety five. You want this guy to run for president. You want Tom Hanks to be the president of America for this movie. Am I 
Oh, am I right? One hundred percent. And I think there would have been less fatalities as well if he had been the president. <laughs> That's for sure. um, You're like his campaign manager. <laughs> yeah, he would have been acting farther, fa- faster, harder, with more passion <laughs> and love. More passion, you know. <laughs> I ha- I, more I, pressure I, and harder with love. Whose campaign are you mirroring there? What? <laughs> I just Bill let Clinton's. me just get my 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 um Tom Hanks spreadsheet. <laughs> Bill Clinton's. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be harder, more passionate with love. Love is the key <laughs> to be the president. Well, let's let's see what these aliens look like. Let's see if they're fuckable. Wait, Drake. Well, let me ask you this, Drake. Yeah. If Tom Hanks, see, this is my problem with. I I kind of like Bill Pullman in this role because he seems like a bit of a wet towel, wet a bit of a da- a bit of a damp squib, and you kind of don't know if this guy is really gonna gonna be the you know is gonna pull through as president and make that big speech that uh, cures that man's yeah. cancer on YouTube and and inspires everyone, but. Would Tom Hanks be playing the same kind of president? Because I think if you have Tom Hanks, you're just kind of going to go, well, Tom Hanks is the president, so everything's going to eventually be okay. There's no kind of sense of this might not work he, out. I think he is a very layered and talented actor. Like I think whatever direction the the yeah. director wants it to go, mm. it, like he could make it happen. So he, he could play the same kind of, the president yeah. who everyone thinks is weak and he has to step up. and Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. he prob- I think he could. He would just step it. up quicker, better, more productive. <laughs> Not better, better, happier. Too much. Yeah. Spe- speaking of, uh, of, of speaking of wet squid, um, is that the phrase? Squib. Um, Damn squib. <laughs> squib. Well, I'm going to twist it into squid because it makes me think of a Travis trivia point. Wet squid is on the um, menu at my local seafood <laughs> restaurant. Hey, hey, hey. But uh, speaking of squid and then even to kind of a more tenuous link to reference shrimp, speaking of shrimp, um, <laughs> Brian, uh, spe- okay, speaking of Brian Shrimp, uh, when when Will Smith is walking through the desert um, in that kind of Salt Lake desert thing and he's dragging the alien, when he turns around and he goes, and what the hell is that smell? That's actually, like, that's an improvised line, and it's a famous improvised line, but it's not him improvising that he's like, you know, that the alien is smelly. The area that they're in, brine shrimp, kind of, (laughs) when the water attracts, it leaves shrimp on the ground, and they die, and on a hot day, the stink just goes for miles. So that was the smell of lots of dead brine shrimp um, out in the open, in the desert, and that's what Will Smith was referencing, and he was doing it for kicks with the crew, yeah, and they... And Emmerich was like, "Ah, oh, it's kind of like he's talking about the alien, so let's keep it in because they have the scene that where he's cook, where he's kicking the um, that that like, I, I should have been at a barbecue. I think that was in the script. So yeah. they kind of they, they they cut the two together and it kind of blended nicely. Mm. That got a big laugh in the cinema when I was when I was in the when I was in the theater. Do you know when do you know when he says just a little anxious, uh, just a little anxious, get up there and kick ET's ass, or yeah, yeah. Goes, you'll get you'll get your chance." You'll all, you'll all, get, you'll all get a slice <laughs> of the pie, whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. he says E.T.'s yeah. ass, I was like, E.T. was a gentle uh, man, alien alien yeah. thing. You fucking leave him alone, Will Smith. Leave E.T. alone. Yeah. Kick these lads' asses. I know he's referring that, to them, but yeah. That scene, Trev, where the he's going along and, and the camper vans come up behind him, like just the, the convoy or whatever you call it. Yeah. Mm. That, to me, is going to be Ireland this summer. Because <laughs> staycations, yeah, staycations, everyone's but, on staycations. Like, 
me and the rest of the country, it seems, are looking on adverts for camper vans. And my God, I've been driving up and down to Cork and I've never seen so many camper vans. I, I, really? I, you'd see a camper van yeah. once a year in Ireland and I've seen, honest to God, about 40 in the last week. And that's a lot yeah. for one trip. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's a fair shout and if anyone listens to this podcast they might be aware that we've all done stand-up um we we all do as well some of us do still um dormant obviously in the pandemic where there's a bit of a holding position going on we're do- yeah dormant but we all traveled around ireland in a camera van um, yeah. a couple of years back yeah that was our, our lads of comedy that's trip. what i thought when so, i saw that can- uh, convoy of camper vans i was like it's like the lads of comedy tour but every other comedian has had the same idea <laughs> yeah. and we're yeah. trying to it's we're trying next, to outrun them to the venue yeah. to the next venue yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get there yeah, before yeah. these fucks product placement like it's it's a disaster film and everything's all models and sets and stuff yeah. like, there's nothing really that stands out to me unless you guys caught anything from a product placement perspective the white house yeah that's a product define product it's a product um, of Ameri- product of america I, Ameri- america is probably the product that they're really pushing in this movie because it it has patriotism and um the you know the the stars and stripes are kind of like yeah a central part of the movie it's chess and it's chess kind of a, I suppose there's a big product placement for chess yeah but I didn't really notice any like anyone drinking coke cans going ah coke oh helps me fight coke. aliens actually that's the only product I've seen because oh really he yeah because he always he's talking about it. the coke can is what they shoot when they're demoing oh, the, yeah. the the virus and then. And then there's the scene where he goes, you know, I'm always trying to save the world. And he throws it into the recycling bin. It's a Coke yeah, can. Yeah. Now's my chance. Oh. And then er- and earlier in the movie, Jesus, Ed, you've opened a fucking Pandora's box here. Yeah. Um, I've opened the, the can office. of worms and also Coke. Hey, op- open the can of Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he opens the recycling bin, when um, he's coming into work, talking to um, your man, uh, fucking Harvey Firstein, talking about, ah, scrum alert. He is like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And he, he finds a Coke can in the normal bin, not the recycling. Yeah. When he opens the lid for the recycling, there's like 50 cans of Coke. It's like everyone just drinks Coke and it's all these yeah. like perfectly dry, compressed. Yeah, I noticed Coke. that. They're all, they, 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 they all look like they were, no one drank them. They were all just put there by, you know, a set dresser or a, or exactly. a production designer. Yeah. I think I know why I found Jeff Goldblum sexy in this film for the first time it's because of his really conscious recycling and <laughs> ed we used to live together mm-hmm. uh, that it's 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 one thing that whenever i've lived with other people i've always like <laughs> gotten really mad about yeah when i go to put yeah uh recycling in the recycling bin and there's dirty there's like dirty food or dirty Tea bags or whatever, yeah. and I take them out and I wash them. And I'm like, guys, do you know the difference between the recycling bin and the dirty bin? Jesus! And yeah. um, I was like, I, f- I feel your pain, Jeff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's only when you watch those documentaries and you see that, like, one dirty thing can contaminate the whole yeah. recycling truck, you know? So. I-, I wash all my recyclings. I- like, it- my sink is just, like, drying out my plastics and then i put them I, in i wash them out as well but i don't dry them and my fr- one of my mates was like you have to dry them if you put them in wet it's like you're ruining everything yeah i, I do wash them but i don't i don't dry them 
I I I pour all of the contents of the groceries that I buy into a big wheelbarrow that I bring to the supermarket. <laughs> And I just wheel that home, so I leave all the packaging behind me in Tesco or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You bring home a yeah. big wheelbarrow of goop. Yeah, I'm finding it hard yeah. to shop now. I'm kind of barred from a lot of supermarkets for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Wheelbarrow salmon. That's what they call me, yeah, yeah. There's a big picture of me picture of me with a wheelbarrow and a and a and a cross through it. Do not <laughs> have you seen do this not man? Serve this man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trev's trivia. I have a bit. I yeah. have a bit of trivia Trev's that trivia. you probably don't have, but oh. I challenge you. I, I'm, I'm not challenging you, really. I'm just. Yeah, I have. I have it down here. I'm like, oh, I kind of noticed it. Was like, oh, that's that's an interesting one. Look, it might come across like I run this podcast with an iron fist. But hey, I'm a loosey-goosey democratization type guy. <laughs> Ed, the floor, I, I, I hear scratching and, and like rumbling. Oh, the floor is opening. Ed, the floor is yours. <laughs> I've, I've, just, I've just opened the floor for you. Can I, can I bend this metaphor anymore? I don't know. No, no, Trev, you, look, it's Trev's trivia, not Ed's edibles yeah didn't want to say it okay shut up here we go trev's trivia uh go on if you don't say it i'll, I'll throw it in but you, you might have it. yeah look and to be honest with you like you know I, I i didn't go too deep with the with the trev's trivia this week but I, i've got some i've got some nice little nuggets here the satellite okay we're talking about star wars earlier on and a lot of these trivial points that i kind of focused on is the, is the nods and the winks and the references to, to other movies and other kind of pop culture so at the start of the movie the satellite that's kind of floating in space and crashes into the mothership mm. or one of the ships, you know, before that moon landing um, montage, that satellite is actually a model Death Star with some tubes and solar panels attached to it. Um, Ronald mm. Emmerich just wanted to, he's a huge Star Wars guy. So he wanted <laughs> to kind of put a, put a, he was a huge, huge, a huge, Star Wars. Well, well, huge Star Wars Well, actually guy. that, that first, um, that yeah, those opening scenes where the shadow is being cast over the moon, and then you see mm. the spaceship was very reminiscent of the kind of opening of of Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, and that's and that's why that specific scene yeah. point it was Menace. very integral. Yeah, and they also no the, the... seventy seven one. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen those. Yeah, oh. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Speaking of the opening sequence, um. The the in, like the music for Independence Day where it's like you know do 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 and then there's a drum and it goes do that drum beat right is actually Morse code and it's Morse code for D I E for die so that's oh. a little Easter egg within the music yeah so that's not it not everyone picked up on that music but, by David Arnold who did a lot of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies yeah I I why don't you people ever die. <laughs> die another day i i have a thing from Fucking the aliens. start of the film so it opens and after we see the the moon landing uh the we have the young asian fellow who were who was working in seti the search yeah. for extraterrestrial intelligence institute of new mexico and when <laughs> the 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 machine the communicator machine starts going off and he rings his boss in the middle of the night. 
and he goes, hey, I, I think you should listen to this. It's kind of like when the the guy in the band rings uh, yeah. his manager when Marty yeah. McFly is playing the guitar. But when he holds up the phone to the machine, it just sounds like he's holding it up to a dial-up connection. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? that alien invasion you're looking for. <laughs> well, listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> well, listen to this. <laughs> well, deep and deep in space, down in sector seven G, I knew an alien. His name was Zilly McFlee. Could <laughs> <laughs> they do a musical of this film? Hey, that'd be. I, I would. I would definitely watch or listen to a musical of this movie. <laughs> you know. It'll be um, the most expensive anyone... musical of all time. I have to blow up a life-size <laughs> model of the, of the White House every every night. Every night, yeah, yeah, in the movies. Uh, or in the movies in theatres, should I say. The the footage of the welcome wagon. So, you know, when they have, like, first of all, the most, that should have been a plot hole. Like, we can't speak the language of these beings. So let's fly a helicopter at them with, like, a really aggressive flashing lights. Oh, where yeah. it's like... But obviously the welcome wagon gets gets blown up and it's the first indication that these guys are hostile. But when the welcome wagon kind of floats into the water, there's like a, there's like a wreckage scene when it gets blown up. That's actually footage from a an accident on set. They were, they were doing oh. a controlled pyrotechnic explosion and something went wrong and it a piece of the equipment kind of got blown up and kind of went flying into water and they kept the cameras rolling and they used it for that scene. They Emmerich didn't mm-hmm. want to waste anything, so he kept that in the movie. The Dr. Oaken, so Data from Star Trek, who plays Dr. Oaken, um, that that whole character is loosely based on well when I say loosely based, it's actually if you if you Google the Ronald Emmerich collaborator, Jeffrey Oaken, who is the same surname, he looks I- identical to this doctor in, in Independence Day. They've modelled him totally off him. He's, he's, he's eccentric. I thought they it was Dave McSavage. <laughs> yeah. He's hair. the image yeah. of him. Actually, yeah, Brent, <laughs> Brent Spiner does look, yeah, he does look a bit like Dave McSavage. I remember that was kind does, of, yeah. weirdly enough, what, the, the eyes, yeah. when I saw the movie, he was the kind of character that, that I was kind of taken out of it for a little bit because he's famous for playing Data on... Star Trek: The Next Generation. I didn't know that yeah. was Data. To, God, to see, I used to love Data. To see him as a as a kind of a wacky, you know, wise crackery kind of eccentric scientist, I was like, oh, it's da- it's Data from some Star Trek, yeah. but I'd never seen him with so much emotion. You know, the virus that infects all the equipment and machinery in Independence Day is a nod and a wink to War of the Worlds. It's a virus that kills the aliens. So Ronald Emmerich wanted to kind of do a bit of a callback to that. The, the Good Morning Steve. Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that. The Good Morning Dave. Good morning, Dave. Um, good morning, Dave. That's obviously when he turns on his computer, it says that. And the icon on the screen and even just the way that computer talks, yeah. it's just a total reference to... Because I'm know, such a big space. fan of the classical uh, science uh, fiction films. Uh, 2001 uh, is... Uh, oh, I didn't... Well, I didn't realize Hans Zimmer directed Independence Day. And, uh, <laughs> he rang me up and said, "Would you do the music?" I said, "You're crazy. It can't be done." I said, "It can't be done." Said, a bat in space. It's not possible. I can't. I can't do a said, bat in space. I'm going to do it, Hans. I said, "How? How many weeks?" He said, 10 weeks." I said, "It can't be done. I'll do it." 
True story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I sat down on my keyboard and I just went, I made this noise that kind of sounded like, and that was it. That was the whole movie. That's what I did. And I won an Oscar. I hit a goat in the road. Fuck you. And, uh, the, Fuck you, John Williams. The noise, <laughs> the noise the goat was making as it was dying gave me the inspiration for Bane's theme. <laughs> Have you ever heard a goat dying, Christopher? It is quite beautiful. <laughs> God, what were we talking about? Uh, the, the Jeff Goldblum line, you've already said it, Ed, uh, must go faster. It is a reference to Jurassic Park, and Rowan Lemerick specifically wrote it in because he wanted him to say that line, which is kind of stupid. Like, it's like yeah. why would you just get him to repeat? I mean, you, line already, you already have him playing the sexy scientist in your in your movie, so you know. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and the, the, the Jeff Jeff Goldblum was such a good improviser. Emmerich noticed that, and he was collaborating really well on set with. Um, Judd Hirsch who plays his dad obviously and with Will Smith who plays his buddy and most of the interactions in the movie between Jeff Goldblum and those two specific characters are mostly improvised it's all improvised lines that they that they just riffed and they put the best in so the whole like must go faster whoops all that stuff we got to work on our communication that was all just not in the script yeah. and then the, the entire journey to Washington when they're in the car and he's like oh everyone's trying to get out of Washington we're doing any schmucks trying to get back in all that was a fully improvised scene um, anything that was written barely made the actual take most of what made the movie was improvised lines mm. that's most of my Travis trivia Ed I feel like there's something floating out there that I'm not landing with you've, you've got a nugget in your pocket and you want to show it to me <laughs> I'm getting excited. <laughs> Folks, uh, the Cine Stream Club has been cancelled. Uh, there have been some rumours about Trevor and Nuggets. And I don't want to comment on them right now. No, here, here's something that I... That, that only I noticed from... Like, I didn't know it at the time because I didn't know who he was. But mm. um, when Will Smith marries his girlfriend, played by Viv Vivica A. Fox who went on to uh, get killed by the bride in Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, man, she died. The, I was like, Jesus, she's not dead. The, she? No, she's still alive. The man yeah, yeah. the man who marries them, the priest who marries them, is mm. Ron Howard's father. What? Who is an actor and has been in several Ron Howard movies and other stuff. And he play he play he also played a priest in uh, Walk Hard. He's the guy who has that line: uh, "The devil has hands, and he uses them for holding." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Ron Howard's dad, who is a who is an actor. His mom's an actor as well. Who's who's been in lots of movies. Rance Howard. Oh, yeah, Rance. So he's he's only in that one scene. He marries them in that one scene, and that's it. Do you know what that scene was? It, it it reminded me of um, it's it's it was like you know Grace Gifford getting married before Who? Grace Gifford she she you know the song Oh Grace just hold me oh <laughs> it actually was a bit wasn't it yeah 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 as we gather in area 51 before I fly she... I think about my <laughs> dolphin bride and <laughs> instead am instead I going of to die um, revolutionary Joseph Plunkett it's uh, it's a stripper <laughs> marrying 
Um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and it's not it's not the Brits they're going to kill; it's uh, aliens. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. A, a little a little uh, subtle wink and a nod to the Irish audience getting this film on the seventh of August, maybe. True, <laughs> and above above where they got married, there's a little plaque that actually said Kilmainham. So I wonder, was that a nod to that? What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I like Trump Corporal's a Dre when she's really engaged. Just to kind of, <laughs> I suck her up. Just when she thought she was in, I brought her more in. <laughs> and, and after after they get married, when when uh, Finbar Fury comes in, <laughs> and sings Sweet Sixteen, I, I, I was I was very moved. It's a lovely a lovely nod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was looking at it. Will Smith was looking at his banjo, saying, "I have got to get me one of these." Um, Just a little anxious oh, to listen to the Dubliners, General. <laughs> is is like I want to throw this out here. Is Will Smith good in this movie? Is could he have been played by anyone? I think it's one of those things where it is a kind of a it's an ensemble movie, and I don't yeah. think this movie lives or dies by any one actor's no presence there's no there's no need it's like it's like independence day was the last time they actually properly sucked in big stars tentpole celebrities to carry the movie and then once once they kind of got that format they realized that it's really just like a it's a it's a yeah, it's, I, I, what, what, I, like, it's an ensemble. Yeah. It's just a fucking. I think it's a very calculated move because I was reading about Will Smith before, and he was saying that you know he, he was a big TV star with Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and this and Bad Boys were his kind of breakthrough. I think like obviously Bad Boys, yeah. and then Men in Black was around. Was it the next year the following? Yeah, year? it was, it was like, like Fourth of July yeah. weekends back to back. Yeah, because yeah. he had like. Um, you know, and obviously Men in, Men in Black, I think, and Bad Boys, he's more important to those movies. This one, yeah. I think you could basically put anyone in that role because all he yeah. has is, like, pretty much every line he says is a bit of a wisecrackery kind of action hero-y line. And, yeah. But he did do research and he looked at you know, the highest grossing movies of aliens. all time. And he's like, yeah, they have aliens, <laughs> they have explosions, they have wisecracks, they have a bit of romance. They have Ron Howard's yeah, yeah. dad and yeah. <laughs> one of the Quaid brothers. And they're, yeah. that's a recipe for success. So he very, very, very cleverly. And he's weird like that, though. But like, in some ways, he kind of, he, he realized that he could be in this movie. It wouldn't all rest on him, but he'd play the hero and at the end of the movie, it's him and Jeff Goldblum, like strutting in the desert, smoking cigars. So he is the yeah. he is the hero of the movie. So it's a very kind of yeah. it's a very calculated move. And then if the movie doesn't work, it's not kind of all on his shoulders. But it did work. And yeah, there's enough there's enough um, other supporting and equally yeah. similarly leveled characters to share the blame. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a fair shout. When I was watching it. I was thinking of your mother's theory on Kevin Bacon and the kind of movies that he chooses, the roles that he seeks out. Yeah. Um, you know, he's played uh, malevolent characters, mm -hmm. child molesting characters. And, you know, you just don't you have to seek those roles out. So there's something yeah. 
suspicious. On the dark web. Some, yeah. mm. <laughs> on the dark, the casting pages on the dark web. <laughs> but Roland Emmerich is similar because Roland Emmerich makes movies where the White House gets destroyed and then he made like 2012, which the whole world gets yeah. destroyed. He has a vendetta. And again, have you seen 2012? Never watched it's, it. I saw The Day After Tomorrow. 2012 is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, and The Day After Tomorrow as well. He's obsessed with the world ending. That's his obsession. Yeah, he, is, yeah. he wants to destroy the world. I think he harbors a deep, dark secret. And I did my research as well. He's from Germany. Alarm bells. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are history <laughs> yeah, buffs yeah. or not, but... I looked up Germany. A- Anything before 1985, I tend to just like, you know, I wasn't born, so well, it doesn't really Trev, matter to me. Be prepared. I'm going to blow your I'm going to blow your mind right now. We we were all like one continent, right? <laughs> In like the That's seven. it. Yeah, before, <laughs> yeah, before Germany came along with their massive crowbars and separated the the, the plates underneath the yeah. crust. Yeah, it was known as Pangea. There you mm. go. The plate, I, the plate that we yeah. were on. But Roland Emmerich's plan is to actually destroy the Earth. That's my that's that's my theory. But you should watch 2012 because Joe, uh, uh, John Cusack outruns the apocalypse twice in a limo. Yeah, the, the, the John Cusack thing put me off it because it's like, you know, I kind of felt like every movie star at some point cashes in. You know, fair. You know, why not like... Um, but John Cusack was always that guy who kind of went against the grain. He always took roles that meant something to him. It was such a weird... When I saw him on the lineup for 2012, I kind of felt disappointed by him or something. Like, I, not that... It's, who am I to say that? Like, you know, yeah. it, it, this is a... Ma- you, you know, he, he, he can make... You, you have to make money and support your family. And Jesus, why wouldn't you fucking ju- jump in front of a blue screen and have a bit of crack for a couple of million? Like, fair more power to him but there was a part to me that kind of was a little bit disappointed when i saw his name on the poster i don't know what you guys think about that but hey that's my hot take that's hot they don't call me hot take trev for nothing <laughs> well i mean the, we have to get you a t-shirt with that on it hot take trev hot take hey trev. if i'm not if i'm not if i'm not throwing out trivia i'm spitting out takes hot take trivia trev <laughs> <laughs> what a character We're going to get to a point where we need to make a decision here. Before we get to a decision, we always mosey on down the IMDb app. We take a scroll through the IMDb user community. We list out, we read every single review. We have to. It's part of the research. There's like 70,000 reviews for um, Independence Day. We comb them out with a fine tooth comb and we, we read them. But usually... What we do is we try and weigh up the debate, weigh up the argument, and to kind of, if I feel like we're being a bit gushy and a bit celebratory about the movie, I will read out a one-star <laughs> review just to shift the balance. In this case, I've decided to flip the lid, and I'm going to read out some five-star reviews for Independence Day, because yeah. I had a feeling that you guys might have some hot takes about this movie. You might want to drag it drag it down a little bit, skew the metrics drag it in like the negative. Drag it like we'll drag that alien. Like like Will Smith dragged that uh, dragged drag that in, nice try dragged that alien in a, in a, in a parachute oh, across the desert. You're going to skew those metrics down to the one two stars of the IMDb community. I'm not like gonna I'm not going to let that happen. So with your permission, I'd like to change the rules for this one pod and give you a couple of five permission star denied. Permission granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Why did he ask permission, Trey? <laughs> Just going to shut hey, him down. I, 
I just want to, yeah, I just want to seem nice. Uh, <laughs> every, hey, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a, I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. IMDb user community, five star reviews. Let's do this. So here we go. Max Brunix, clearly German, uh, relative of uh, Emmerich, but potentially. Um, he, he's got a very simple review. Best movie ever. And it's just a one-line review. This is one of the best sci-fi movies with Will Smith and Bill Pullman. <laughs> it's probably know. the only it one as well. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I uh, know I like the, specific, the, spef, the specificity. <laughs> Take two. You get there. Can somebody Specific- say that one, Specificity. Oh, specificity. you failed, Ed. Oh, Andrea won the, won the specificity. Specificity. Well, what? I, you, specificity. you fucking fucked me up now. Trev, Trev I think you, you enjoy the specific nature of that Words review. Words are hard. I do like the specific nature of the review. And <laughs> Hey, sorry, guys. I'm a bit tired. I'm on North sure. Pacific time right now. Um, so, second review. Patriotism. At its finest. Say, say this again? Is by jo- patriotism. Patri- patriotism. Don't you mean patriotism? <laughs> patriotism. Yeah, what did Pat- I say? Patriotism. Oh, I said patriot. Sorry, guys, I'm tired. We're, we're, it's for our listeners, it's 20 to 1. Uh, <laughs> Don't I, say that. We're going to cut it all out. Just go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this not a live stream? Pa- patriotism. This is why we should do it live, though. This would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patriot. <laughs> Patriotism at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Joanne Duran Jerome, what a name! <laughs> Her name's Joanne Duran Jerome. Jo- no, it. I no, I said it twice because I couldn't. Well, I was tr- well, halfway through the halfway through the name. I'm like, is that the name? And I said it twice. Joanne Jerome, uh, Princess Diana's favorite band, Duran Duran. <laughs> Yeah, or, or a fame, or a, or a failed tribute act to Robson and Jerome. Um, <laughs> what and what I like about this um, movie review is something that I like in all movie reviews. It's all written in caps. Whoa. It's screaming, essential. screaming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump wrote this review from, <laughs> while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> what better way to celebrate our great nation? Um, that actually is the first line of the review. What better way to celebrate our great nation? And no, we will never go gently into that good night. Our country and all who love it will come through all the chaos and stand strong, united in our love for the freedom that we fought for and continuously fight for. Know our history, know your history, learn from it, stop the destruction and madness and protesting now. <laughs> Wait, which, which Donald Trump speech was this? <laughs> Yeah, that's the review for now. Just for context, that review was submitted on the seventh of July, twenty twenty. <laughs> <So, laughs> three days after Independence Day, uh, <laughs> by somebody like you know in fucking Texas, you know, sitting on top of a gun cabinet. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, that's that's intense. Um, final final review. I'll just you know an- another five star review. And the title is, the title is Jeff Goldblum, Need I Say More? Warning, spoilers. So <laughs> this person's going to unpack some heat. Uh, this, this when was, review when was, was this review written? This was, this was uh, September 2005. Okay. Or 2005 for the layman. I like to, I like to, <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like to talk in 20s. So like, I'm like, I'm French. 
Catra, Catra hands. Spoilers for um, at this stage, it would have been an 11 year old movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 11 year old film. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, the war ended in the end of uh, Saving Private Ryan, if you didn't know. Uh, I love I love this movie. It was advanced special effects for when it was made, and I thought the actors were brilliant. Bill Pullman and Jeff Goldblum were my favorites. There are incredibly, they are incredible in most things that they do, with an exception, in brackets, Bill Pullman in Lake Placid sucked in capitals. Anyway, it had enough humor to hold my attention, and I was eight the first time I saw it. The appeal of the flashy lights kept me in. <laughs> And the president's speech was awe-inspiring. <laughs> I have seen this movie at least one hundred times and counting. Like, like they're... <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he's, he's got a little knife and he just like carves another notch in his bedpost whenever he watches yeah. Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, and and counting. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, four lines with a line through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am so in love with this movie, and it never gets old. Well. Like, you just, everything gets old. What are you talking about? That's a time It's works. 11 years old as uh, you're writing this review. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still wondering whether or not to buy all three collector's edition DVDs. That's how much I like this movie. No, man, get Five it on stars. Blu-ray. Uh, oh, yeah, Blu-ray is not yeah. invented yet. I love the way he reviewed that. Like, I was eight when I saw it, yet I was still entertained. By the, by the flashing lights and the colours... And the bit where Will Smith dangles his keys in front of the screen. It's yeah, like... I was I was eight when I when I saw this eleven years ago and somehow I'm still eight <laughs> mentally. Um but look don't... I don't I, I, I don't want to push you guys too hard on this. You know, got a bit of a, a full court press going on right here. But you yeah. know, a lot of five lot of five stars being thrown at you. We gotta make a decision here. Just to set the stage, just to hit the reset button, just to circle the wagons, just to regroup. Any more analogies? I I like this film. I'm a big I'm a big proponent of this film. Trev, uh, do you want to side with those five star review people because they seem crazy? And if you like it as much as they do, then I think that you're a crazy person. It's a populist film, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. kind of like popular it is, poli- yeah. yeah, it's a populist film because it, it it strikes certain key nerves with a core demographic. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a fair shout. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a flag waving, violent, triumphant movie. Um, but hey, I like this film. I can't I, I I can't dispute it. It strikes a chord at me because it just look. It just reminds me of my childhood. I've seen. I saw it a lot growing up. There's not. There's a lot of films that you're gonna we're gonna go through on, on this podcast, and we'll kind of look at them objectively. And this probably isn't one of those movies where I can kind of isolate it and analyze it. There's too much emotion that I'm that I'm tethered to mm. <laughs> with, wow. with this film, um, purely because I was I was very impressionable. I said it. I said it. At, you know, I, I saw it at a point when I was like my cinema brain was developing, and even though there's a lot of things that Emmerich stole. And put on the screen for this film, to the point I made earlier, I saw it, and that was my first time seeing that version of what he was doing, and it kind of stuck with me. And as a result, I watched it a lot of times. And to be honest with you, when I was rewatching it, it kind of wasn't an easy. What it, it was fine to watch. It yeah. kind of ticked along. Yeah. Now, the, now, the, now the one thing I will say is that 
the last couple of episodes we've been watching and it's as a result it's a, i'm a product of my environment right now i've got like a, a, a two and a half year old and a and a three-month-old baby so most of the movies i've been watching the last two months are i watch them in, in installments i I've, i rarely watch a full film now i don't get the chance to kind of watch you know a, a, a film end to end so I, I probably i probably watch independence day in six installments and i don't know if that made it easier for me to watch or not um but but either way it felt like it ticked along nicely and yeah it's look my, i've got i've got a little tingling um I'm, I'm my my bum is sore i'm sitting on something oh wait i'm sitting on the keys let me take them out Put them in the vault, turn the key, open the little door and slot it in. But wait, two more people have to decide. I'll take it back out again and I'll hand the keys to you, Ed. What do you think? <laughs> First off, why do you have your, your keys in your back pocket? You're only going to end up sitting on them. Well, I, I, just want, I just want to point out one plot hole that we didn't touch on earlier on. When they go up to plant the virus... They say, right, you'll plant the virus and then one of the army guy go- goes and then you'll, you'll hit this thing and you'll have 30 seconds to get out of there before the bomb explodes. Mm. And I'm like, why not five minutes? Why not 10 minutes? Why give them 30 seconds? <laughs> they're programming the bomb. Yeah, yeah. So they're basically yeah. saying, so when you upload the thing, press this, you'll have 30 seconds to get out, which is probably yeah. not enough time. So you'll probably die. So why not just say, just fucking blow yourselves up along with the thing? It makes no sense. Like, give him five minutes, give him yeah. ten minutes. It's like when Marty goes back in time and gives himself ten minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, to run halfway across Hill it Valley. Really yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, Andrea, you were you were saying that, uh, flagging at the beginning of this podcast, that I might not put this in the vault. But there's something interesting about this movie in that Ooh. it's a twist it's it's, yeah. it's to my mind it's it's a it's an anomaly of a movie it's almost like the last kind of sort of big hollywood classical mainstream movie and mm. you know this came out in 1996 and then 9 happened in 2001 so this was kind of at the the tail end of that time when you could have a movie about humanity kind of coming together and you know fighting the good fight and whatever and you could have the white house exploding and buildings exploding and then after 9-11 you couldn't have that and if you look at something like steven spielberg's uh, war of the worlds which was made in like 2005 or whatever but it was a post 9-11 movie and that movie's fucking dark and depressing and it focuses more on people getting killed. And like there's a scene where all the people are getting disintegrated by aliens and Tom Hanks yeah. is running running back to his kids and he comes in and he's got like grey ash of people all over him. And he looks like someone running away from the World Trade Center and covered in ash. Yeah. Which is all very, you know, spe- you know it's all very specifically done. But yeah. Independence Day is... A weird it's like three years after jurassic park made cgi the kind of big thing it's a really good blend of miniatures the only kind of the cgi yeah. stuff is for the the f-14 fighter pilots and the other kind of spaceships that still look pretty they good look really good because because yeah. they're just solid things and solid things kind yeah. of 
look good in CGI. But I think um, I think I will put it in the vault because because for me it's almost like like you said, Trev. It's very easy to watch. I, I watched it in one sitting because yeah. I don't have any children yet, and I will have in a fortnight. But <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> I, I I found it yeah a very easy watch and kind of old fashioned, and it's from an era in the nineties where things were better like you know bill clinton was the president and he was like a a saxophone playing weed smoking uh cigar chomping burger eating eating, uh fuck machine and 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 people were generally happy and there wasn't this kind of post 9-11 kind of malaise that seemed to have in made mainstream movies kind of darker and grittier this was a kind of a, a, a bombastic, light-hearted, like I said before, it's like an updated 1950s sort of B-movie. And it still yeah. has that kind of hope and optimism. And I and it's I, it's kind of self-aware yeah. as well, you know. In, you know it doesn't it, take it's itself a, too it, seriously. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 worth, it's worth a watch. I think as a movie of its type i think it's a, it's a good example it's not the greatest movie ever made um but it's pretty it's it's the sort of thing that you, everyone the whole family could watch on a saturday afternoon kind of thing and everyone would yeah, get something out of it yeah and it's also one of those it's important not that it's important to say but of i don't know what type of movie this is but that kind of movie where there's a room full of people in a control room cheering at something like you know whether it's apollo 13 or whether it's yeah Yeah. like the energy in in those scenes is brilliant like you know when 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 they when the missile strikes and when randy quaid goes up and like you know hello boys i'm back and we never talked about randy quaid yeah much and like probably best not to he's like the the character isn't that good and he's like he plays it to the best as he can and he he does a fine job but But it's but again that kind of proves my point because this movie reminds me of an era when randy randy quaid wasn't a lunatic who was a massive (laughs) trump supporter and go like go on go on randy quaid's twitter and it would make you nostalgic for 1996 randy quaid yeah yeah so that's it. So yeah, I I would put Randy Quaid in the vault as well from 1996, just just to save uh, yeah, him from himself. <laughs> we should lock him in, yeah, because it, like it's you know National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is like peak Quaid at his funniest, followed by a couple of years later of this movie, and then yeah, we don't really, we don't really need to see him again after no. that point. Uh, we've enough Quaid. Andrea, two against. I don't want to say two against one because I haven't heard your opinion yet, but as a kind of um, consolation vote, you know, it's mm. I, I, I can already hear it slipping into the vault here. <laughs> uh, do you want to put in your tuppence worth but here? But will it get the asterisks that... Will it get the asterisks? Yes, the tri- the Sinistream trifecta. Is it a hat trick? The three? A sexy hat trick, mm. yeah. The Sinistream sexy trifecta hat trick, asterisks. I think that's the, the, no, the long it, name. It won't get form. into the Premiership League of Sinistream Vault films, <laughs> yeah. but it might get into the uh, First Division. And and just for clarification or edification of our listeners, the it, any movie on the list gets a special little asterisk. If all of us agree it should land in the vault, if it's a 
if it's a point of contention and it's two against one, it gets in the vault, but it's not deemed a Sinistream Classic. So, Dre, a lot of pressure on this. I did love this film when I saw it in the cinema as a ki- as a child. But when you're a child, Trev, your brain hasn't developed as much as... Lucky you're addressing this one to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Trev, just to explain how your how your, how your brain should have evolved. Um, <laughs> so, this is an adult brain, and this is your yeah, brain. Yeah, so, I, I get it, Trev, but you know, your, yeah, yeah. Your, your brain develops and and changes, and so I watched it with a changed and grown up adult mind. Um, mm. And I tried to watch it three times, and I, I tried to watch it three times. I fell asleep the second. It's it's so long, it's so long, too long. Um, like you could cut a good forty four forty three and a half minutes out of it. I'd say, um, like there's just a few a few faffy scenes could be cut, um. But yeah, like Harry Connick Jr. There's so many negatives. <laughs> Where am I gonna go? But Will Smith, he is the fresh. He is my fresh prince of Bel Air. Also loved him. But guys, will I put it in? It's going into the vault, I think. But. Not with an asterisk. <laughs> so it's a no from Dre. It's a no. Oh. I, yeah, I mean, I, a... I just think it's a good example of it, you know, because the way I I think of the Sinistream Vault is it's like a time capsule in a way. Hmm. It's like the sort of. It's like a movie, a movie nightclub. Yeah. And, look, and and if you're not wearing the right shoes, you got to go home and put on a pair of nice shoes. And I think, do you know, what, you know when you used to go, you know when you used to go to nightclubs or late bars, and they'd have like, they'd have like an old movie playing in the background. They'd have like an old uh, Akira Quite Kurosawa black and white samurai movie playing or something. Yeah, yeah, in the in the globe in or the something. Globe. I think they should have. You could put Independence Day up there. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, that and would give I, me an anxiety attack. People dance, people okay. dancing around. <laughs> Bung, 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 bung. Good morning. Bung, bung, beep. Good morning. Bung, bung, bung. I, I've often been like I remember not often. I've often been in like a, a Curry's or a Harvey Norman or a DID. And anytime I'm in one of those places, it always reminds me of when I was a kid in one of those places and they were playing the Independence Day video when it just came out. And it was just like 50 screens of that presidential speech. And I just stood there in the shop looking at it all, trying to absorb it all uh, at, at the same time. Um, but, but but to that reference point, yeah, I think you could just have it playing in the background. And it's also yeah. one of those films that it's... And maybe, I don't know, It's maybe it's a product of the fact that I've watched it so much. But in my mind, it feels like one of those movies that kind of also transcends itself in the sense of like, there's just like iconic moments, famous scenes yeah. that yet you might you mightn't have seen the movie, but you get the reference. And and for a film that steals so many references, it's kind of, you know, fair play to him that he pulled that off, you know, uh, Emmerich. Because, and from an Emmerich perspective, I know, I, I know 
like he's got a long list of movies that he has on his filmography and like people would probably maybe look at the likes of Stargate and fucking like maybe The Patriot or Godzilla as as a bona fide or a, you know a true Emmerich classic. I think Independence Day is probably his best film. Um yeah. hands down. It, it, and it's him at his peak of his powers as well because he he was on the up and he been kind of effectively handed a blank check to, after Stargate to make a big blockbuster, and he 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 bet the house on it. He went all in, mm-hmm. and if anything, Godzilla afterwards was a bit of a flop. The Patriot yeah. was was lukely like I think the Patriot's a kind of a okay film. Mel it's not great. Film. Mel Gibson, yeah, yeah. Um, oh Heath Ledger, but yeah, Heath, Heath Ledger as well, yeah. And then, and then there's just like a like a reduction in in return of all his movies. Then, like it just get they get progressively worse mm. at that point. So, yeah, I think I think this is peak Emmerich, um, height of his powers, height of his, height of his everything really. And yeah, I'm I'm glad it landed in the vault. I didn't think it was going to land in the vault. I thought you know I, yeah. I had a feeling, Dre, you weren't going to go for it, Ed. It was it was going to hinge it on you. And I'm hey Ed, hey. today we're buddies. Today we're buddies. On the next episode. Maybe not, but right now, <laughs> Maybe not. today we celebrate our Independence Day going into the Sinistream Vault Day. <laughs> Yay! So there it is, Independence Day lodged firmly into the vault. If you agree or disagree, let us know. We're available for a chit-chat on Twitter at the Sinistream C1 or Instagram at the Sinistream Club. Come at us. Uh, <laughs> Next week, we're going to watch part two of the Barrytown trilogy, The Snapper. If you want to watch and play along, it's available to stream on the RTE player, which you can stream both in Ireland or internationally. So that's where it is if you want to watch it. And until then, keep safe, look after yourself, get your vaccination and talk to you later. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. If you want to leave me for another house, I totally understand. House? Where's this coming from? It's just, I, I know there's some newer homes on the market. I didn't even know that because I'm not looking. I bet those other houses don't have a crack in their foundations. You know that crack doesn't bother me. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.